Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. In your Bibles tonight, you can turn to Proverbs chapter 20. We're studying how to hear the voice of God and what to do when you do hear it. Amen. Now, I was taking some time in study this week, actually last week after the Wednesday night service, attempting to minister some type of introduction to this, which is really difficult because there's so much information in the Word of God, because basically what the Word of God is, is God speaking to us. Amen. Everybody say the Word of God is God speaking to me. Now, you've got to make that a reality in your life. Now, first of all, let's remove some of the preconceived ideas that people may seem to think happens because God has said something to you. You could think, well, you know, if God would just speak to me, everything would be okay. Well, if you study the Bible, you'll see that God spoke to a lot of people that everything was not okay. I was thinking today, I was going through some of the later messages I want to bring on this subject, and one of them is called the process of elimination, how you have to go sometimes in areas of your life, you have to go through the process of elimination to figure, well, God's not speaking here, and, and God's not speaking there. And You know, we always use uh, uh, Acts chapter 16 when, when Paul wanted to go to Asia. He said, I, you know, I want to go to Asia. Praise God. We can, we can reach a lot of people. We can preach the gospel, and we can take revival. And, and the Bible says God forbade him. He says, well, I think what we'll do, I've always wanted to go to Bithynia, so what I'll do is we'll just take off and go to Bithynia, and the Bible says the Holy Ghost bid him not, which means the Spirit of God spoke to him and said, don't do that either. But while he was doing that, he had a vision, another type of the way God communicates to us, of a man in Macedonia saying, come over here and help us. So right then you'd have thought, well, that's it. Oh, we're going to have glorious revival. My goodness, our bills are all going to be paid. We're going to get a first-class ticket. Off we're going to go to do the will of God. Well, it wasn't a few days later that they're sitting in jail with their backs beaten to a bloody pulp. Everybody's going, I don't know if I want to hear from God or not. (laughs) Amen. I mean, when you think about that, go study the life of the Apostle Paul. I mean, he went to Jerusalem and got in all kinds of trouble. But it was God that led him there. Listen, the will of God for your life is violently opposed by the world system, by the devil, by your own flesh, and by your own mind. And you've got to fight through those levels to get to the place where you can hear from God and have the courage enough to obey God and then walk through what God has spoken to you. You've got to walk it out. Some things God speaks to you, you walk out in a few weeks or a few months. Other things you walk out in years of your life, it takes to walk out. Amen? So now Proverbs, did I tell you Proverbs chapter 20? Let's go there real quick. Proverbs chapter 20. Look there in verse, uh, let me find it here. I've got it marked. It says, the spirit of the man is a candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. What, is that 27? I can't see that seven. I marked it through with a pen. The spirit of the man, everybody say spirit of the man. Oh, that's a woman too. Spirit of man or woman. Is a candle of the Lord 
searching all the inward parts of the belly. Now that doesn't mean the Spirit of God goes and looks in your belly to see what you've been eating. Actually, one translation says this. It's the lamp of Jehovah. Everybody say the lamp of Jehovah. Man's conscience is the Lord's searchlight is literally what one translation says. Now, God's communication to you, this is, if you can settle this tonight, then you would have gotten something really good out of this message. God's communication to you is on a spiritual level. Now, let me say that again. God's communication to you is on a spiritual level. Now, a lot of times people automatically, they just begin discounting all kinds of communication with God, thinking this, and it is a deception of the devil. Well, I'm not mature enough. I don't know enough. I haven't been to Bible school. I'm not in the ministry. That, that is not a factor in you hearing from God. As a matter of fact, the most profound thing you ever heard from God, you did not hear as a believer. Now, let me say that again. The most profound thing, I like to say it like this because it helps to bring, bring, the, bring the point home. The most profound thing you've ever heard, you did not hear as a believer. And the most important spiritual event of your life is not going to happen in heaven. It happened down here on the earth. Israel's most important spiritual event, still, still celebrated today, the Passover a type of redemption, did not happen in Israel. It happened in Egypt. Are you with me? You say, now what did I hear when I was a sinner? The conviction or the convicting voice of the Holy Ghost convicting you, and the word conviction is not a bad term. It's not, it literally means to show what is right. The first thing that came into your heart or into your spirit was this. You know, I'm a sinner. Did you know there's a lot of people that even know that? You ask, are you a sinner? Oh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a good sinner. You know, some people are better than others. <laughs> Amen. But then the second voice or bit of communication that you heard was this. There is a Savior. There is a Savior, and you can be saved. See, once you're convicted in your heart or in your spirit that you are a sinner, then that, that creates a question. Well, what can I do? If I die, I go to hell. Is there anything on earth? I better start being really good. See, immediately when people are communicated to spiritually, many times they step out naturally trying to fix it. Well, I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. I better, I better, man, I better start, you know, I'm going to go mow my neighbor's grass. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick up hitchhikers. I guess we don't do that anymore, do we? Amen. I'm going to be nice to cats or whatever, you know, whatever it is you Whatever that'll help you, you know. <laughs> I'm a dog person. Anyway, you begin immediately to try to naturally respond to what God has spoken. That's not going to get you anywhere. You've got to spiritually respond to spiritual communication. Only spiritual response to spiritual communication is going to get you spiritual results. Natural, now listen to this. Natural response to spiritual communication gets you nothing. Let me say that again. Natural response to spiritual communication gets you nothing. So you need spiritual response. So the first time you ever heard from God is that you were a sinner, you needed a Savior. I remember when that happened to me, and I was only six years old. So that would have been 57 years ago. 
six years old, in Letha Groover's Sunday school class as she taught about Jesus the Savior. What does that mean? And she went down through the Roman road and ended up at Romans 10, 9 and 10 that if thou shalt believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that God raised Jesus from the dead, thou shalt be saved. And then she gave a little altar call. Any of you children that want to get saved, come up to this altar and we'll pray a prayer and you'll be saved. I walked up to that altar, prayed that prayer, and I was born again when I was six years old. Still remember it today. You say, now how can you remember that? Because it was not a natural event. It was a spiritual event. And spiritual things do not age. You say, why? Because they're spiritual. They're not in the realm of time. They're not in the realm of time. So you must understand that God visited you with enlightenment if you sit in this church right now and you know you're born again, then God has visited you, communicated to you, and you have responded correctly. Well, I want to get everybody starting off the same plane. Amen? Get, get you starting off the right way so you can, you can determine, I've heard from God, I responded, I'm born again. That's why I'm sitting in Island Church on Wednesday night to hear the Word of God. Now, let me just say something about hearing the Word taught. We put so much, much emphasis here at Island Church on coming to church. You know, well, you're just trying to get people to come to church. Exactly. It should dawn on you. I am trying to get people to come to church, not to fill up a church, not to see every pew filled, pew filled. But I know that your constant exposure to the Word of God is going to tune your spirit to the voice of God. If you will become familiar with how God speaks and how He speaks to you as an individual, you can hear from God all the time. Because it's not that God is not speaking, it's that we're not hearing. Now you say, well, Pastor, shouldn't you use the word listening? No, God doesn't speak on a listening level. Now let me say that again. God does not speak on a listening level. So if you're listening for God, you're never going to hear Him. Getting quiet in here. You say, what does God, what does He communicate on? He communicates on the hearing level. What's the difference between listening and hearing what you listen to you still reserve the right of consideration that's why some things you've got to listen to over and over and over and over before you finally hear them I had a guy come to my house one time we were living over on 39th street I was mowing my yard actually uh, I don't see him here tonight he was in church last week I was mowing my yard and I, out of my peripheral vision, I saw somebody standing at my gate, looked over there, saw, recognized who it was, walked over there, and there stood a man crying. And I said, are you okay? Thought maybe, you know, he'd come by for me to pray for him or something. Maybe something had happened to him and he needed some help. He said, no. He said, I'm not. I said, he, said, he said, I was driving down Broadway, and he said, I was listening to your tapes from Bible school 10 years ago. He said, when you taught on faith, I didn't have a clue. He said, I had no clue what you were saying. He said, I took notes, took the test, passed it, 
but still had no understanding. He said, and I listened to this, those tapes over and over. He said, driving down Broadway today, as one of those tapes ended instantaneously, I had understanding of what faith was. He said, I knew you lived on 39th Street. I just drove by here to see if you were home to tell you the testimony. Well, what happened? Ten years? Well, for ten years, he listened, and for one tape, he heard. Amen? You say, well, how do you do that? You've got to figure it out your own way. You've got to find your own path to be able to hear. Now, you think that that's something unique just to God, but it's unique to all of our communication. Probably the communication most people are familiar with on an intimate level are husband and wife. There are times when Leah communicates to me. There are times that I hear her. There are times that I listen to her. And there are times that I pay no attention whatsoever to her. Amen. Now those particular times and those three different levels determine my relationship with her and particular rewards that are afforded. How many married people know what I'm talking about? Because you can be talking to knuckle-headed Bubba for three weeks and that light bulb still hasn't been changed. <laughs> Amen? It still hasn't been changed. But the first time he needs that light and it's not there. He goes in and says, did you know the light bulb's out in the hall? And the anointed woman of the house says, I've been telling you that for three weeks. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. So that's proof that there are different levels of communication. There's paying no attention whatsoever. There's listening, but then there's hearing. You say, now what differentiates listening from hearing? Hearing is what you'll act on. Hearing is what you act on. If I was to tell you, hey, out there in those oleander bushes right on the street, there's a, there's a canvas bag out there with, with a big old stack of $100 bills in it. Some of you would listen to that. And you drive out of the parking lot wondering, wonder if anybody went and checked on that. Amen. But if there really was a canvas bag full of $100 bills and you really heard what I said, You'd have got up when I said it and ran out the back. And you'd be out there digging in the Molianders right now, wouldn't you? Isn't that true? But see, the reason nobody's doing that is this. I don't believe it. I don't believe that. Well, there's good reason not to believe it. It's not there. But our responses many times to the Word of God are like that, whether we know it or not. And it causes us to fall back into that listening stage. Now, go over to Romans. How's my time? Romans chapter 8. Everybody say, the spirit of man. Say, my spirit is the light of God. He uses it to enlighten me. Now, Romans chapter 8. Let me get over here to it. Look there in verse 10. The Spirit himself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, join heirs with Christ, 
if it be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Now, look at that again. The Spirit himself, if your Bible says itself, write it out, scratch it out, and write himself. Everybody say himself. Now, notice this term, beareth, beareth witness. Everybody say beareth witness. Now, one translation says this. The Holy Spirit gives a big amen and my spirit which affirms to me that I am a child of God and an heir of his kingdom. Now, did you get that? Which means the voice of the Spirit of God is a confirming voice. It confirms that which God says. Now, now before I get ahead of myself, let me. The Word of God is empowered, is, is, is the Word of God is empowered to empower you to believe. Human words cannot empower you to believe. They can't. They can educate. They can help you do all kinds of things. But the human mind needs proof. There needs to be tangible evidence. You've got to be able to see it, hear it, taste it, smell it, or touch it. And no matter how many human words you use, to describe something, if it is not visible, if it can't be smelt, touched, seen, or heard, then you're not going to get anybody to believe in it. I mean, you, you can talk about it all day, but you're, it's just not going to happen. But the Word of God is full of the power of God that empowers you to believe what it says. Now, stay with me. In order that what you believe in your heart becomes that which is affirmed in your spirit so that the Spirit of God can bear witness with your spirit that you either are what the Word says you are or you have what the Word says you have or you can do what the Word says you can do. And it takes you from the realm of believing to the place of knowing. We've used that illustration how many times here? How many believe you're saved? Just a few. We'll let you come up and get saved after the service. How many know you're saved? Now, to illustrate that, how many believe I'm standing here? Do you believe I'm standing here? You're wrong. You do not believe I'm standing here. You know I'm standing here. Every time we do that, we catch two or three people. I believe you're there, brother. I know you don't believe I'm here. If there was just a voice speaking, if you were here, there was a Bible open, you couldn't see nobody, you see the pages turn, microphone was laying up here, voice was speaking, you say, I, I believe he's here. I can hear him. Even then, you would not believe I'm here because you could hear me. You see what I'm saying? So we must understand that the difference between believing and knowing is literally the difference between listening and hearing. And when you understand that, you understand what God does to bring us in, to bring us in to the power and reality of His Word. He'll start us listening so that we'll finally hear, so that once we hear, we can know. I mean, know you're going to heaven. See what I'm saying? You've never seen it. You've never smelt it. You've never touched it. You've never felt it. You've never heard it, but you know you're going to heaven. See what I'm saying? Now, now here's what people do. Now, you're just twisting words. See, that, that's, that's your natural mind. What does the Bible say about the natural mind? 
It's that enmity with God. And anytime you sit under the teaching of the Word and you allow your mind to challenge what the Word says, then you're literally going backwards. You cannot let your intellect challenge spiritual things. You must let spiritual things challenge your intellect. Okay, we'll take it a couple of steps further. The Holy Ghost said, take it a couple of steps, so I'll do that. There's been times in my life, subject of healing, where there was no evidence at all that I was healed. As a matter of fact, there was quite a bit of evidence to the contrary. But I knew I was healed. I didn't believe I was healed. You say, now what's the difference? Because I acted like I was healed, which put me in a realm of great discomfort, but empowered me to live in that realm of great discomfort until what I knew became what I knew. Did you get that? Now let me say that again because listen, we're going to take our time in it because many of you are going to pick this up and your faith is going to go to another level. You're going to start hearing God on another level and you, you watch the blessings of God that will come into your life. With symptoms in my body, month after month after month, I knew I was healed. Now here's why. I had been in the Word. I had been studying the script, healing scriptures. Every day I have a confession of healing scriptures. I worshiped God. I thanked God. I ask God, how do I deal with this sickness? How do I deal with it? I do not claim it. It is invading. It is trespassing in my body. Lord, do I need to go to the doctor? Do I need to go to the emergency room? Do I need to go to urgent care? What do I need to do? And the Lord would say one thing to me. He'd say, stand in faith. So I would have to act like Every day I was healed, which meant getting out of bed, which meant going through my day, which back then at this time meant getting on airplanes, riding in cars, sleeping in hotels, preaching meetings, doing all kinds of activity, and not saying no to any of it. Every time I'd say no, the Lord would say, healed men do, and then put something in there. Healed men go to church. Healed men. One time it was going hunting. And you know, all those times except the last time, I was still suffering with symptoms. But the further that I went, now this is what amazed me. The further that I went, it seemed like the worst that I got. Now let me say that again. The further that I, this started in September of 93 and the thing ended in January of 94. The further that I went, it seems like the worst that I got, but it seemed like the worst that I got the more I knew I was healed. Because I just kept thanking him. Now, let me, let, let's flip that over to prosperity. Anybody believe in God for a financial breakthrough? Okay. So you've been tithing, you've been offering, you've been sowing toward, your, toward what you believe in God for. And time goes by. And time goes by. So what do you do? You have setbacks. You overcome them. You continue on the path of what you can produce for yourself, believing God that something supernatural is coming to you. So how do you maintain your posture of knowing that God is the Jehovah Jireh of your life and that there are breakthroughs, windfalls, 
increases and blessings that belong to you in the kingdom of God. How do you do that? The same way you do for sickness and disease. You keep confessing your scriptures. You keep standing in faith. No matter how tight money gets or matter how much money you do have, you continue to tithe and offer and bless people and be generous. You maintain your posture of what you know. You have to operate by knowledge. If you just believe God's going to bless you, then keep seeking the word. Keep listening for his voice. Keep waiting for the Spirit of God to bear witness with your spirit. How do you do that? Through continual obedience and confession. With the same protocol that you walk in the knowledge, you walk in the belief. Oh, thank you, Lord. I'll do that. Let me help you real quick. Mark chapter 5. Woman with an issue of blood. The Bible said she had suffered many things of many physicians. Were none better, but she rather grew worse. Amen. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind him. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be healed. I'm trying to think over the rest of it goes without having to read it. Then the woman, uh, uh, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, fell down before him, told him all through. That's after Jesus said, who touched me? Woman, the issue of blood, spent uh, 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 all of her living, Suffered many things of many physicians. Spent all that she had. Was nothing rather, uh, better, but rather grueless. When she heard of Jesus, came to the press behind him. For she said. Now see, what she said is what she believed. What she said is what she believed. For she said, if I may what? Touch but the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. Amen? And then what's he said? Next scripture. Immediately. Straight away, the fountain of her blood was dried up. And she felt. Now, there's a physical sense. She felt in her body that she was healed of the plague. And Jesus straightway, immediately, knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? The woman, fearing and trembling, the disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude throng thee, and thou sayest unto me, Who touched me? But the woman, fearing and trembling, what? Knowing what was done in her. Now, see, she went from believing to knowing under her covenant. See, a lot of people say, well, that doesn't add up because she felt. No, 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 no. She lived in a feeling covenant. You don't. You live in a faith covenant. So you have to replace that feel with faith. You say, what do you mean by that? Man, those people, they had the Shekinah glory of God and the Holy of Holies. You couldn't walk in, walk in the Holy of Holies. Uh, you drop dead. The, the presence of God was so strong upon the mountain at, at, at Sinai and, and all these different places and, and all these different, they, they, they had to, how do you think, I was studying how God communicated to Abraham. He appeared to him, he came in dreams, he came in visions, he came in all kinds of manifestations. He said, why? Because that dispensation and that covenant was not designed around the principle of faith. So all they could really ever do was believe and their belief. Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. We're not built on a covenant of believing. We're built on a covenant of knowing. And our believing leads us to knowing. Amen? So by faith, we feel. By faith, we receive. See, now, don't, don't discount believing. Let me help you. Okay, thank you, Lord. When you hope, you believe. When you faith, you know. 
Did you get that? When you hope, you believe. When you faith, you know. You say, that's not proper English. Now listen to it again. When you hope, you believe. It's an action. When you faith, that's an action, you know. When you faith, you know. Because faith is the substance of things hoped or believed for. Say, so I'm believing for a new car. Well, what scriptures you got? Well, I don't have any scriptures. Then you're just believing. You have no frame for your faith to hang on. By faith, we understand the worlds were what? Framed by the word of God so the things that are seen were not made of things that do appear. So God is showing us there are words we have in the natural that we can speak and believe. And as we speak and believe, faith comes. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We'll study that next week about hearing the word for faith. Then faith comes and it becomes the what? It becomes the framework of of what hope says is yours and faith causes you to know. I don't believe we're going to build a building. I know we are. You say, well, what if it doesn't get built? I don't even consider that because when you, when, you, when you don't consider something, you don't give it any time in your mind. Amen? Just like I know if I were to die, I'd go to heaven. Do you got that? So faith is what? The substance of things. Another point. Without what you believe, you have no expectancy. Amen? Now, when Leah, that's a good illustration. Lord, you're so smart. That is a good illustration. When Leah got pregnant with Breland, I believed it. She didn't. She knew it. You see the difference? You say, now why did you just believe it? Because it wasn't in me. It was in her. And it grew in her. And grew in her. And then it was birthed from her. Now, there, that's really what we're talking about right here. I believed it. You know why I believed it? That's what they told me. She believed it, but then all of the other, what would you call it, internal witnesses of a woman who is pregnant begin to communicate to her. The feelings, the emotions, all of those things. She no longer believed it. She knew it. You, there's always evidence that you're pregnant. Amen? He said, God spoke to me. I've been getting up, throwing up every morning. <laughs> Amen? That's proof God has spoken to you. And it may not agree with your stomach. I don't want to get into that. We'll get into that in a couple of weeks. You say, well, that's where we harden our hearts. That's where it becomes hard to hear from God in areas that God has tried to impregnate us with his word and we've rejected it.
And the Bible says the deceitfulness of that sin will harden you. Now let me close with this. This will help you. There's only one sin relevant to our covenant. And that's across the board. And that is the sin of unbelief. The sin of unbelief will send you to hell. The sin of unbelief will keep you in sickness and disease. The sin of unbelief will keep you in poverty and lack. The sin of unbelief is so powerful and so strong that it shut down the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ when he walked on the earth as son of man having a full measure of the Holy Ghost. I've been studying, uh, Lee and I have been reading the uh, what is it? Letters to Street People, the, the hippie Bible. And then when she falls asleep, I'll get the message Bible. I've been studying the book of Revelations. And I heard Ted mention it the other night. And the message Bible really brings it out. But all this stuff is tribulation, rapture of the church, second coming of Jesus. I mean, undeniable things that, hey, there must be something to this spiritual stuff, you know. Undeniable then all of a sudden, all these people are going to show up on the earth with glorified bodies, not subject to death, empowered by the Holy Ghost on an almost an angelic level, like unto the angels. That's going to be us. And did you know we'll be here for a thousand years ruling and reigning with Jesus, and there's going to be a lot of people that's going to say this, I don't believe that. I, I really, I've, I've, heard, I've heard Ted say it. I've heard Joe Moore say it. I've heard, I've heard Perry Stone say it. I've heard all these other uh, guys say it. And I thought, and then I read it in the message, and that's exactly what it says. All of these people are going to say, what? I don't believe that stuff. I don't believe in tongues. I don't believe in Holy Ghost stuff. I don't believe in people walking around here for a thousand, even though we've lived for a thousand years and haven't aged one day. No wrinkles. You get your hair back. Amen. There will still be people that do not believe. That's going to be the people that when Satan's loose for a thousand years, I mean, excuse me, uh, Satan's loosed after the end of that thousand years, he, what do you think he's going to do? He's going to get into them and start a rebellion. Because there's going to be people here that are still rebellious because they just won't listen and because they won't listen they do not hear that shows you how powerful unbelief is so all these things we've done to try to help you the Sunday school classes church Sunday morning Wednesday night prayer the confessions we have out there at the, uh, the uh, 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 information center the books we recommend Dab classes, the word, the word, the word, the word. Because your familiarization with how God speaks, when he speaks, why he speaks, and what he talks about helps you to hear from God. And as you hear from God, you can do it at any time, at any place, God can speak to you, keep you out of trouble, prepare you for something, all kinds of things God wants to communicate to us. But if you harden your heart, then God can scream and your unbelief. It's like putting fingers in your ear. You don't hear nothing. But you need to hear things for yourself, for your children, for your grandchildren, the generations that are coming, for what we're doing now. 
for the evangelization of the evangelization of this area, for the move of God, all kind, every one of us, each and every one of us, must hear His voice. And as you hear His voice, what is it? It's His Spirit with our Spirit comes together, and is the Amen or so be it. And the reality of the Word of God does not just become what we believe; it becomes what we know. I know I'm saved. I know I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. I know I'm healed. I know I'm prosperous. I know I'm righteous. I know I have joy. And I know I hadn't earned a bit of it. It's all by the grace and mercy of God. But that knowing can be so strong in you that you can go to, you say, well, you know, I've got to go tell people in Tanzania about that. Or Botswana. Or I've got to tell my neighbor next door. Or I've got to tell my loved ones. It can be so strong in you that it literally becomes the force and the focus of your life. And that's what God wants as you get into the place where, you are the, where, where He is the force and the focus of your life. And you sound just like Him. You sound just like Him. Not as a parrot. Not as, a, not as an echo. But as a voice. They talk just like God talks. They sound just like God sounds. And when you're like that, that's when you carry the weight of the authority he's always designed for you to walk in. Amen? Lift up your hands. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. Thank you, Father, that as we hear, as we listen, as it leads to our hearing, as it leads to our knowing, we can be confident that you've already done all you're going to do. And you've done more than enough for whatever need we may have or whatever situation we may face. Even as we live day by day, second by second, minute by minute, hour by hour, day by day, week by week, month by month, as we've proven here at Island Church, your word of protection and safety has kept us safe as a people. As we have declared and as we know, no evil befalls us. No plague comes in our dwelling place. Angels have charge over us. Therefore, as we travel, which is precarious in our generation, not like it was 2,000 years ago, but in our day, travel can be dangerous. So we thank you. The highways, the airways, the seaways, the railways, we are protected. Many ways in which we make a living. Men and women that work out in the ocean, in the medical field, in the oil refineries, in education, in construction, in retail. All kinds of professions and ways in which people work and live. Many are dangerous. But we thank you that in all of them, Father, your word sets a standard of protection and safety as we abide under the shadow of the Most High. And we know we have the message the world needs to hear. That's why we ask you for doors of utterance every service as we close, that we would be an answer to somebody's prayer, a problem to the adversary, a miracle in someone's life. We walk in faith and love towards you, Lord. We walk in love toward one another. Thank you for our church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood. 
empowered by the Word, and anointed by the Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.